Hey friends, welcome to Let's Be Clear. I am Clear Cherry Reeves and this is a podcast where we get clear, pun intended, about how to find a kingdom perspective in all things. No, really, all things. Whether it be about pursuing your dreams, finding hope and hardship, or just talking about Jesus, we will get raw and honest. I believe it will encourage you. Now, let's dig in. Hey guys, happy Monday. How are you? As always, you know what I'm about to say. If it's not Monday when you're listening, I hope that you have had a good morning. You got some good rest last night. Whenever you're listening, if you're about to go to sleep and you are ending your day with this podcast, um, I'm grateful. And how intentional are you? I'm just so glad that y'all are here. Um, And you know, a lot of times I start this podcast and I think, man, I should probably tell them, or if you're jumping in and you saw this podcast on Instagram, and maybe you're not familiar with what we're digging into. So every week, we kind of pick apart a word that is in the Focus Devotional um, that I wrote that was released last year. And that Focus book is um, available on clearlystated.com or on Amazon. Um It has been restocked, but yes, so it's from the Focus Devotional, and really what we do is say, hey, okay, like last last week we talked about the word prayer, and we said, what does God say about that word, and what does that look like, and how do I live it out, and what are some misconceptions about that word, and we just kind of dig deeper into it, and you know, what I think we're learning all together, which has been so cool, um, I love seeing y'all's commentary, and just learning about how you are interpreting these words because that's what God does. You know, when he created us, he gave us unique minds and he gave us um, the view in which we see the world and these words in the world is completely unique to us. And so, you know, I'm fully aware that sometimes I may say things and you're like, whoa, clear, definitely not what I think when I think about that or, you know, something else. And that's what's so awesome about it. Like, that's why I love hearing y'all's feedback and just seeing um, what God's saying to you. But what we can all agree on is the scripture behind the words and what Jesus has to say about them, because that is truth. Um, So anyway, I'm excited about this week. And you know why? Well, it's kind of required because the word is joy. Joy. And it, like, what a happy word, right? Um, But before we dig in, like every week, I'm going to help you take a deep breath, you and me, because let me be honest, I kind of need one right now. So let's refocus together. If you can, close your eyes. As always, if not, please be safe and keep them open. Um, But just let's just surrender your day and whatever you're about to do and whatever you're putting your hands to. So let's refocus. F, fix your eyes on Jesus. O, open your heart to receive. C, calm your mind. U, unplug from distractions. S, saturate your soul in him. Saturate, sorry. (sighs) Doesn't that feel good? Just take a deep breath together. I know I do that every week, but I think it's really important. You know, here's the deal. It's like with a football game. If, or maybe you played volleyball or a chess match or a piano recital, whatever you did, if you didn't get your mind right and you weren't in a state to really receive or in a state to play hard or in a state to know you're in game, it's really hard to be present, right? And really go after it. And so I just like for us to take a deep breath and say, okay, God, 
focusing on you, right? You got it. You have what's in front of me. So, all right, y'all, are you ready? This week, we are talking about joy. Isn't it crazy how these words literally sound like what they mean? Like the word run sounds swift and quick. And the word perseverance feels intense and that it requires endurance, right? And the word joy, it sounds full. It sounds happy. It sounds important. You know, I think we often find ourselves asking the question, I know what joy is, but how do I find it? And when I do find it, okay, so if I can find it, I feel like if I can find it, or if I feel like I have it, how do I keep it? And how do I sustain it? And when I was studying about this word, I immediately remembered when Mary was pregnant with Jesus, right? And she went to her cousin Elizabeth's house for a little while. And when Elizabeth sees Mary, this is what the scripture says. It's in Luke 1, 41 through 44. It says, at the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leapt within her. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. Y'all, this is so powerful. When I went back to read it, I realized how often I've just really breezed through that scripture and not really understood the magnitude when we're talking about joy. Because we see that before Jesus was even physically out of Mary's stomach, he was always the personification of joy. It was the mere presence of him, even concealed by Mary's stomach, right, that made the baby in Elizabeth's stomach, who he knows John the Baptist, leap for joy. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit through this encounter. This brings up my first point. It's why I wanted to start with this scripture is because this is really the essence of what we must understand about joy in its most authentic and deep and true form. And it is this. Joy has always been a person. You know, we say, I feel joyful or this brought me joy or however we word it. And I think we often confuse joy as a thing that can be acquired or a feeling that's you know, must be attained and sustained, or it's an experience that we have. And I'm not saying, okay, hear me loud and clear. I'm not saying that joy is not felt or seen or experienced. However, if joy in and of itself, like in its very true, truest form, is any of these things, then that means we are also capable of being without it. We are capable of losing it. But if joy is a person, the person of Jesus then it's always available. It just has to be recognized and remembered in order to walk in it. You know, we always hear this scripture around Christmas time when the angel says, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Y'all, the good news, here it is again, of great joy was the very person of Jesus. He was and he is still the gift. And I just think that this is so important to start out because the fact that joy is found in the person of Jesus means that our joy can be present in any season, in any circumstance, and in any hardship as long as he is present. I need you to get that. 
Because here's the deal. When you're listening to this podcast, I know it's easy in the midst of listening to a podcast, sitting in church on a Sunday, um, you know, sitting with a friend at coffee and getting all, you know, in a deep conversation and feeling these feelings, but then getting back to the reality of our lives or the weight that we feel that's pressing or especially, you know, at night when we lay our, our heads down and the enemy loves to just really run rampant right and and just feed our minds with lies i think that's when we really have to remember this truth that joy is a person and he's always with us and not only is he always he is he lives inside of us that's where he takes up residence and so i think when we understand that and when we let that set the precedent for how we comprehend joy everything changes and when you and i think about the word joy we probably can think of some different times in our lives i know i can we felt like we really understood joy, you know? Like, I want you to think about those times. What marked them? What was present? You know, Jesus tells us that he doesn't just want us to feel joy here and there. He wants our lives to be marked by joy. And he doesn't just want it to be marked, but he wants it, the joy to be full. John fifteen eleven says, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. God is not interested in us just getting by or having seasons where joy was easy when our prayers were answered or deliverance happened, right? But always. He doesn't just want us to be able to walk with joy, but like the baby in Elizabeth's stomach, he wants us to leap for joy. He wants us to leap for joy. So I'm going to go through and we're going to use leap for our acronym and we're going to walk through four things. If we truly do them, I believe that our joy will be sure and it will be full. And I just want to tell you that I know that I I really, really want this podcast to reach into the part of your life that you feel like is impossible to become joyful. Because I think that's where Jesus really wants to focus. I think that's where his concern is, is for him to say, even in that space, even in that circumstance, even amidst that tragedy, even during that addiction, even amidst the stronghold and the confusion and the lack of clarity and the uncertainty about what's next, even in all of that, right? And Paul talks about this so many times, that even in our suffering, joy is available to us, you and me, every single day. So we're going to talk about how can we leap for joy. I don't want to survive. I don't know about you. I know like 2020 felt like we were probably clinging on for dear life many days. And I don't want that to be our demeanor just because that's how we got used to walking. I think God has bigger and better and far richer plans for what he wants to do with us and in us. So L, the first thing, lose your life. I think this is where the avenue for joy becomes a possibility and it's also where we get most paralyzed because we tend to believe the lie that joy is found in what we gain right however it begins by what we are willing to lose because when we are when we are willing to lose our lives it means we aren't holding on to anything tighter than Jesus it signifies that we trust him and that he is we believe that he is who he says he is Y'all, we experience joy, and this is important, okay? 
If you're walking, I want you to lean in. If you're distracted by something, I want you to stop. I want you to listen. We experience joy through what through applying what we know, not just knowing. Matthew 16, 25 says, For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. <clears throat> Y'all, I know that sometimes when you read that, it's like, yeah, but I mean, really, like, what does it mean to lose your life in the everyday? You know, for me, in a very tangible way, I'm just thinking of it right now, I tend to be a bit of a control freak, <laughs> and I have to get honest about what, what I'm white-knuckling and say, God, if I really trust you, then not only am I willing to to say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray about this. I am willing to literally set it all on the table and say, you will tell me what to hold for each and every day and what you ask me to let go of, I will let go of. You know, losing your life also says, you know, I'm not here for this world and I'm not trying to advance my own kingdom and I'm not trying to impress other people with my treasures and I'm not trying to make my name famous or popular. Jesus is really the only name that we're elevating. When we lose our lives, that is what we're declaring in our everyday actions. The less we try to cultivate our own source of joy through acquisition, affirmation, and attainment from the world, the more we will find it as we adore, abide, and align with Christ. Okay, can you close your eyes? If you can, I'm going to read that over you one more time. The less we try to cultivate our own source of joy through acquisition, affirmation, and attainment from the world, the more we will find it as we adore, abide, and align with Christ. 1 Peter 1, 8-9 says, Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy. That is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. You know, when we lose our lives, it's kind of sometimes it's hard for us as humans who are really obsessed with being able to see and prove and put our trust in things that we can put our hands on, right? But first Peter reminds us, hey, look, I know that you are putting your faith and all your eggs in a basket that you feel like sometimes is really hard to see. And it's something that literally requires your faith, which means that you can't prove it. But it's the exact reason why it deserves your worship. I mean, would we worship a God that we could understand or explain or comprehend or predict? No. So as we lose our lives and we understand, as we rejoice with joy, that is inexpressible because we are eternity-minded, right? So that's the next one that I would say. So lose your life. And E is elevate your thinking. What does this actually mean? I've talked about, you know, the power of our perspective in many podcasts. Um, So crucial. And so I've talked, I know a lot about that. And it really is one of our superpowers. And it relates to anything that we will ever go through in our life, right? Because anything we go through is determined by what we see. And what we see is determined by our perspective. So with this, how do we elevate our thinking? In a very practical sense, because y'all, like, what good is all this just like mumbo jumbo and language if you don't know what to do with it, right? In a very practical sense, we open the word of God. We find joy as we replace the lies, renew our minds with truth, and refresh ourselves in his presence. The truth is, seeing our lives from an eternal perspective does not eliminate the pain or the problem. 
And I know that that's like not what you want to hear. But you know it's true. Right? It doesn't eliminate everything or make it perfect. But however, what it does do is it reminds us of our hope, which transforms every circumstance to possible, purposeful, and promising. Let me ask you this. In a very personal sense, what do you need help thinking differently on? We can usually figure this out by surveying our worries and our anxieties, right? Where do we struggle to trust God? That's where we need to elevate our thinking. If it's about a friendship, what does our Heavenly Father say about connection and vulnerability and community? If it's about our marriage, what promises has He spoken over the union that was made before Him? How does He ask us to treat our husband or our wife? If it's about an unexpected circumstance, what does the Word say about, the so- about His sovereignty and the all-knowing power of our God? If it's regarding a problem that we can't fix or can't control or can't eliminate, what does the Word say about peace? How do we pursue it? You see, as we get specific and we think about these things, and that's why it's so crucial, like don't just listen, don't just keep pressing podcast and then go to your music and then just, you know, keep out the silence and keep about your merry way. Let it, let it actually penetrate. What is it for you? Where are you struggling to elevate your thinking? Where do your worries and your anxieties mainly lie? Because as we elevate our thinking, it requires us to first believe that his way of thinking is better. And I think that's what's so crucial is when we elevate our thinking, what we're saying with our minds and our actions is, Lord, I know that you know what I don't. We're saying, hey, Lord, I know that your way is better. We're saying, hey, I may not understand, but I don't have to understand to trust. Proverbs 16, 11 says, you have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. You see, when we see life from heaven's point of view, we become so concentrated on eternal pleasures that the worldly temptations and trials become minuscule in our eyes. And I think that's something we have to continually come back to because the world is always tapping on our shoulder, right? And then we're turning around and we're giving it our full attention. And I think when we start... Until we really start to walk in this and and understand what it means to elevate our thinking, I think it feels like a really frou-frou idea, (laughs) to be honest. Like, that's a great idea. Yeah, but how do I do that? And so as we realign our minds with truth, what what does Scripture say? I don't think we even realize the difference it makes until we start to react to that person or respond to that situation or realize that Jesus took his word, he watered it, and he helped us see a new way. So... First, we have lose your life. Then E is elevate your thinking. A is abide in his provision. Okay, this word abide is a word that the Lord is really pressing on my heart lately. And, you know, uh, this word abide, what does it require? It requires movement to get there, but then it requires the discipline to stay. And as we elevate our thinking, we learn truth, right? And our perspective is illuminated and our eyes are open to the lies that we were believing before. But it's not enough to just elevate our thinking. Okay, because we can we can walk up the staircase and say, okay, this is how Jesus sees it. But then we have to abide in that truth. We have to take that truth. Okay, it's a terrible analogy, but I'm just, you know, as it comes, I'm sharing. Okay, y'all know how unfiltered I am. If it's a salad dressing or a marinade, 
Like it's not enough to just say these are the ingredients that are in it. Okay, we have to pour it over everything that's in our lives. We have to allow it to penetrate and marinate and actually set. We have to literally set up camp in this mindset. Abiding in God's provision requires us to make the decision every day that we still believe he is trustworthy. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, Romans is telling us right here, hey, this is how you have joy and peace. I think you think it's in getting or acquiring that thing, but it's really found in trusting him with all things. I know you think it's finally landing that job that you've dreamt about, but it's really found in trusting him with your gifts and your direction and your purpose. I know you think joy rests in the result of that situation or the feelings from a relationship, but it is found in surrendering all situations and relationships to him, knowing that he gives back what is best. Y'all, what I'm learning about this word abide and, and the nature of abiding is that it's not until I sit in the presence of God that I really even understand what fruit looks like. And what I mean by that is, I think a lot of times, and that's what, you know, the can't remember the exact phrase, but essentially that God gives us what we need, not always what we want. But that's because he knows what the true fruit of our lives really is. And I think we often just get so tempted by the glamour or the glitz or, you know, what what society deems as fruitful. Um, and my, sometimes my human mind has such a shallow definition of what the fruit of our lives can look like. But Jesus broadens my perspective and your perspective. And he blows our expectations out of the water. John fifteen five says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Okay, that's a promise. Will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. You see, joy comes when we truly believe that apart from him, we can do nothing. But with him, absolutely nothing is impossible. How awesome is that? Like, that's really true. That's not a good saying. That's not meant for your Pinterest board. That's meant for your life. That is meant for the personal application in your everyday life and in your issues and in the hard stuff, the heavy moments, y'all. Joy is meant to be that. So let's review. Lose your life. Elevate your thinking. Abide in his provision. And then the fourth, proclaim your joy. All right. Are you all ready for a serious secret and a hidden way to live such a joyous life? Talk about your joy. I was kidding when I said it's hidden. Um, Really, like sing it. Declare it. Write it down. Tell others about it. Eagerly share your testimony about his faithfulness. Speak life into the unknown because of the truth that you do know. Psalm seventy one twenty three says, My lips will shout for joy when I sing praise to you, I whom you have delivered. You know, there's so much power in us just giving breath to what we know God has given breath to. Think about it. The more that you talk about something, the more loud it feels, right? And this is obvious when it comes to a struggle <clears throat> with someone or a situation that isn't preferential. I feel like then we can easily see the power of rehearsing and repetitively showing up. And we see, okay, well, I've talked about this thing and this problem so much, it feels so big. 
that I don't think we realize on the flip side, when we spend our time and we fill our words with joy and with praise, when we make it a habit, whatever that requires to make it a habit, when we talk about Jesus, when we lift up Jesus, when we sit with Jesus, the more that we show up and we give breath to it, the more that our eyes see it, and the more that we begin to to walk in that way. The more that we prioritize Jesus, the more joy will become a habit. Just plain and simple, right? Because that's what Jesus wants for us. He is never wanted for us to be, I mean, that's kind of, that's sometimes I, I hate that, and hate's a strong word, but I guess I mean it. <laughs> I hate that we all um, sometimes see our relationship with him as an obligation or, you know, that we're just trying to get through. Like we're living for the weekend. I think God wants us to have joy in the everyday, in the mundane, in the hard, and even in the suffering. Because how deep must our joy be for us to be in those moments and say, still now, still right now, I trust him and I see his goodness and I'm walking in it. And man, this, this life, it's a gift. It's a gift, pure and simple. You know, and I think sometimes we are scared to speak life into situations that haven't happened yet or in circumstances that are hard because we don't want to seem crazy, right? We don't want to jinx it or how do we know? But because we know and have access to and live with a person of joy inside of us, y'all, we can proclaim joy at every moment. And it is never false. It is never hopeless. It is never empty. Proclaiming promise in the midst of the storm doesn't ignore the crashing waves. That's not sticking our heads in the sand. Rather, it speaks to the confidence that we have in the one steering our ship. Think about when you've seen the faith of another person who you knew was walking through a time of grief. Or maybe yourself. You can think of a time when you really anchored yourself. You abided that word. You knew if I don't remain in him, I'm just going to break. And I already am breaking, but I know that he'll catch me and he will sustain me. And when we see people who stand firm and show up and still choose to live life to its fullest, despite things that have been thrown at them, I think that is such a testament of faith because they're saying, you know what? No, I still choose joy in this moment. And how evident is the fact that their joy is from a deeper place? It's from a place that cannot be taken from them. How powerful is that? That's so much authority. And can I just ask you, on a very lighthearted note, to kind of end up this podcast, what brings you joy? Obviously, Jesus wired us in very different and unique ways. And the gifts that we have, the friendships that we hold, the family that we were gifted with, the weather that we most enjoy, the places we love visiting, the food that we love to just take down, whatever it is, what brings you joy? Is it having coffee with friends? Is it taking a walk? Is it hitting the beach? Is it seeing a new movie? Is it drawing, writing, I don't know, dancing, getting in a good workout? It doesn't matter what it is. But there, if there are certain things, there are certain things. All of us are made that way. There are certain things that life us. We must find margin and take time to do these things that is called intentional it's called wisdom right they that 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 brings so much joy to us and and Jesus loves that he wants our lives to be filled with those things so 
I'm going to end up with our focus tip, and we always end with this. It's just a very practical suggestion. Um, so this week's is this. As you focus on the word joy this week, remember that no matter what happens, we have Jesus. And that alone fills our hearts with never-ending delight. I love the word delight. I don't know if it's because it's usually associated with like a dessert food. Um, and so it just sounds like delectable. It just sounds like, man, what a great way to end the evening. Or it's such a delight in the morning, you know? I don't know, it just sounds so happy. So anyway, I hope this encouraged you. Um, joy is something that I know we talk about. I know choose joy is a very popular phrase. But I really wanted this podcast to be a way to encourage us to realize that joy is not a reaction. It's not a result of an outcome. It's a lifestyle. It's a way of worship. It's our posture when we realize that we have the person of joy. That we get to walk around in whatever situation, in whatever circumstance we're going towards with that. And it cannot be taken away from us. And that is such a powerful thing to know. So I'm going to end with our Monday prayer. If you're not listening on a Monday, guess what? It's applicable for every day. So if you can, close your eyes. If not, um, just listen in. Deep breath. Ready? Okay. Hey, Jesus. Thank you for the gift of another Monday. Looking outside, the light from the sun and the clarity of the skies speaks to your unwavering faithfulness. You are here. Thank you for this incredible week before me. I already know and believe that important life-giving conversations and pivotal moments will be ahead because I follow you. I am expectant. Will you open my eyes to the generous ways of your hands? Broaden my perspective so that I can see this life from a heavenly perspective, full of purpose and your glory. I want to be like you, a person of joy. Counsel me on how to surrender, abide, and trust you with every part of my life. When I lose my life, I find it. Remind me of this truth. Thank you for energizing my body, providing me with fruitful conversation, and fulfilling my life with experiences of joy. Because you are always with me, I am never without. This week, I will proclaim your promises and smile with hope. In the joyful, life-changing, and abundant name of Jesus, amen. Oh, y'all, don't you know? Oh, my God, it just always makes my heart so happy. I always need that prayer so much. So selfishly, if I say it for myself, you know what? That's just fine. Um, But I appreciate you guys being here. I hope this encouraged you. If it did, would you mind subscribing so that when we when you do have a new episode, when we do release new episodes, um, they will populate on your feed and you will see them. If you would want to share it on your stories, if you want to text the link to a friend, whatever, I'm just grateful I'm so thankful for, you know, the growth here. But irregardless, I would show up because this podcast life's me. It helps me grow deeper, helps me dig in and really see, man, God wants us to live with joy. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that he wants our joy to be full. So I hope this week you have an awesome week and I hope you leap. I hope you don't just, not lightly, I hope that it's not that you survive. I hope that you get to leap with joy because your best is definitely yet to come.